This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. NASA Blend Research Center's Jim Heidman and Langley Research Center's Jason Wellstead have led agency efforts to develop all-electric and hybrid-electric designs for large passenger aircraft. In this month's Who's What NASA podcast, the engineers explain how planes can be redesigned and configured using low-carbon propulsion technology. So maybe to start, I'd like to, to know officially what it means to have a hybrid approach to, to an aircraft. How is it like... Uh, a hybrid car, so to speak. Third answer is, you know, there are. It is somewhat similar to the Prius. You know, the hybrid cycle. There's a, um, in, in, the, in, in the approaches that we're considering, there are uh, um, uh, both gas turbine and electric power sources mm-hmm. from the powering the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And so there are many ways that you can configure the aircraft to take advantage of both those power sources. So that's kind of what we mean by hybrid. Um, you know, hybrid gas electric propulsion. Mm-hmm. And from a, getting away from pure gas turbine, um, you know, power generation for aircraft. And so from a technology perspective, how is uh, the electricity generated? Well, you know, in, in, I think in most configurations you have a battery, uh, much as you would in a, in a car, a hybrid car. Mm-hmm. Uh, the battery, you know, can then be recharged in different ways, even you know, in flight or, or on the ground. Um, and you have power distribution systems that can, again, depending on the configuration, can uh, distribute the power, uh, you know, from the gas turbine and from the uh, battery, or it could be a fuel cell, for example, an alternative approach um, to to the uh, propulsors, which are the fans or, um, you know, uh, comp- you know, fans generally that that propel the vehicle through the air. Mm-hmm. And, and what kinds of redesign? Uh, is needed to make this possible? Um, there's several. I don't know, Jason, is that something that you would... You'd like yeah, to yeah. The, 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 this opens up, uh, opens up the design space quite a bit in terms of, you know, when you say hybrid, there's different levels. You can go, you know, kind of the lowest level, which is turboelectric, which is basically your all your energy is provided through hydrocarbons and that's converted through... Uh, a turbo generator, if you will, and you can do different levels of that to where you have thrust from your uh, turbo fans, but also you have electric power coming from your turbo fan and being distributed to other propulsors. But then you can have combinations of turbo electric with uh, batteries, and then you can have uh, valid batteries or solid oxide fuel cell, but then you can have full all electric vehicles. So there's a whole range, and each technology uh, opens up the design space in a new way. And the key feature of the technology when, with these hybrids is that the electricity can be sent wherever with, uh, with minimal losses. Mm-hmm. So you can really get into the corner of the design space where you are literally uh, trying to put your propulsors where you have a synergistic benefit with the rest of the concept. You, know, you have a very positive propulsion uh, airframe aerodynamic benefit, uh, such as boundary layer ingestion. Absolutely. So I think that's, you said it very well. And then I, I just want to add on one point there is that, you know, traditional gas turbine, turbofan engine, you know, your propulsor, your fan is, uh, you know, closely coupled to your um, your core or your gas generator where you're, you're burning the fuel. Uh-huh. Uh, this, these concepts allow you to start to decouple the propulsor from the gas generator, from the power generation. 
source so that you can get very creative, as, Jess, as Jason mentioned, in terms of where you put your propulsors and taking advantage of some of those things that, that he mentioned. And is there an emphasis now, too, on creating lighter weight materials? Well, that is, you know, so one of the one of the key challenges with these concepts is that, you know, for example, battery technology, current state of the art is such that it's difficult to bring some of these hybrid approaches to larger aircraft, especially due to the weight, you know, of some of the electrical components, the batteries, the motors, et cetera. So there is, you know, in, in those areas, there is an emphasis on finding higher power to weight, higher energy to weight uh, components. We aren't. We NASA aren't directly working battery technologies. We're kind of leveraging what's going on um, with the external community, but we are working on uh, lighter weight approaches to motors and, and generators and other other key electrical components uh, in the aircraft. And then there always is there is always emphasis on lighter weight materials, and that goes well beyond hybrid. That's you know the 787 is a composite airframe, which is lighter than in prior airframes. So that sort of thing is always important for aircraft. And you mentioned that being a challenge. What are some other challenges of, of making this kind of aircraft work? Well, I would say the first. I would say the first thing in terms of electrical components is that, you know, when you when you when you get into these hybrids, you know, you have the losses from the electrical system, the thermal management system, uh, and the weight of those components. You know, a lot of these first look studies were kind of requiring uh, cryogenic cooling systems. Ideally, you would like to avoid those systems. Weight is a challenge because, you know, obviously now you're, that's why the technology is more of a challenge perhaps than it is for, for a, a, a car, you know, hybrid cars, is that you, you know, weight becomes a much higher, higher impact uh, factor on performance and the range of the vehicle and, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, and then just maturity of the technologies and, and, and uh, you know, Jason touched on thermal management. If you don't get the efficiencies in these components that you anticipate, then you generate a lot of waste heat. Which have to then be dissipated and might require heavy heat exchangers. So it's a, kind of that integration of all these technologies into a, uh, a system. But the system level integration itself is a challenge. And so uh, maybe it's obvious, but why is it so important to have, uh, say, a hybrid plane in this kind of arrangement of the technology? Well, there's a couple, uh, you know, Jason can talk to you, but there's a couple of, uh, you know, trains of thought there. You know, ultimately, if you can get to a point, and this occurs more, much more easily for small aircraft, but if you can get to a point of all electric where you no longer have the gas turbine, you're no longer burning fuel on the vehicle, then you then you have the opportunity to uh, reduce carbon impact on the environment because um, because you are uh, you know using maybe clean cleaner energy sources for uh, the power ultimately. Um, so so one one factor is that you know hybrid systems are kind of for the larger vehicles where all electric may be some ways off. Um, hybrid is a step in that direction, which is one positive. It gets you closer to that future future uh, concept. But the other the other is that even the hybrid approach itself can reduce energy usage in a vehicle. Uh, depending on the mission requirements of the vehicle, there's this idea of peak shaving, where you know much like much like in a hybrid um, car, you know you you more optimally use the two power sources. Uh, over the mission to uh, reduce overall energy usage. So that's, you know, even the hybrid itself has uh, energy and carbon advantages, even if you can't get to all electric, say, for a large 737 or larger class vehicle. And, and I will yeah. add to that that, uh, you know, 
we over the years we we've had this uh, slow incremental improvement in performance of these vehicles, the traditional Cuban wing vehicles. However, these hybrid architectures could you know, and the, the, the more electric vehicle could provide a step change and a drastic change in vehicle performance by the, the efficiency of these of the, of the systems. It also, you know, these electrical uh, components, the distribution of power through electrical means, uh, can make, also enables a fundamental change in the architecture, which will can heavily contribute to that step change in in, in fuel burn benefit. Absolutely, that gets into I kind of missed that point. The, the pure hybrid, which does, you know, if you think of like a hybrid cycle, maybe this is too detailed, that does not um, radically change the, the uh, propulsors, uh, has the benefit I mentioned in terms of the peak shaving. But as Jason mentioned, you get into the uh, ability to decouple and, and uh, optimize where you put the propulsors in the boundary layer ingestion. Then there's additional benefits to be gained from, from all of those technologies. So it is really opening up the design space and allowing for a step change in, in uh, fuel consumption. So what are you both working on now? What are sort of the goals for, for this year regarding this type of technology? Um, well, I, you know, Jason, I guess you can speak. Jason has, there was a paper that Jason and another co-author just presented uh, last week, right, Jason, at, at, in San Diego on this concept that we're kind of promoting. Uh, that's correct. Uh, last Wednesday, uh, presented a paper uh, at, at SciTech. Uh, uh, it was called the conceptual design of a single aisle turbo turbo electric commercial transport, mm -hmm. uh, and it had uh, a fuselage, a rear fuselage VLI propulsor. And so uh, Jim Felder at Glenn, uh, and then I myself here at NASA Langley, um, I led this effort. Uh, so we wanted to look at the 737 class um, vehicle. Say okay, if we went turbo electric. Now, in this case, we didn't happen to use another energy source such as batteries or solid oxide fuel cell. Mm -hmm. But it's something something that could be uh, easily implemented. But in this case, uh, we were looking at you know kind of a, a, a more minimal use of turbo electric uh, with this rear fuselage BLI, and we were quite astounded using some conservative estimates of the N plus three technologies. Uh, such as electrical components and things like that, using conventional conductors and things like that, we gained significant fuel burn benefits. Uh, some of the surprises were the, that this system, uh, which we thought would weigh heavier because you're adding all these components, you're actually not uh, gaining so much uh, pr propulsion system weight because it allows you to downsize your turbofans. And so you have kind of a weight offset. Hmm. And so this kind of, you know, this architecture, which is just using turboelectric, so all our energy is coming from hydrocarbon, it's just we're using it more efficiently, uh -huh. is producing uh, a 12% you know, reduction in uh, mission block fuels on, on a long-range mission, 3,500 nautical mile mission, which is the same as the 737. You know, so that is significant with this more minimalist use of these electrical components and these hybrid electric systems. So. Kind of, it opens the door in for possibilities of what this, these type of systems could do. Um, you know, this is an area where, like lots of our areas, it's a real, a true uh, intercenter collaboration. So, you know, Jason, and other folks at Langley, we also work with uh, NASA Armstrong in this area. Uh, although a lot of the work is at Glenn, mm -hmm. but it's a multi-center uh, collaborative effort. Sure. So, so what do you think is the big uh, reason or challenge in in getting uh, these, this kind of aircraft 
uh, off the ground, so to speak, in a in a mainstream way. Well, from my perspective, at a high level perspective, I think there's uh, you know the the uh, the uh, airframers and the uh, propulsion companies are uh, reluctant to to do a step change in configuration uh, that might be required. And so there's a little bit of you know until we've done more risk reduction on some of the technologies. And so that's one of the things we're trying to do with our, you know, within our work and with our partners is try to uh, identify those those technology areas where we can buy down the risk on uh, making progress toward these future configurations, and also, you know, demonstrating as like like Justin and uh, like uh, Jason and uh, Jim's paper pointed out, try to try to establish the benefit of doing some of these uh, advanced configurations, and, and also that in that way. Um, you know, increase interest among the, with the industry. We really think, like, we really believe that it's going to require interactions with the industry, uh, the GEs, uh, the Pratt and Whitney's, the, the Boeing's, to try to um, you know, take these steps toward future vehicles. With the with the advanced in the the electrical systems and things like that, that the the fundamental way that we design aircraft is really starting to shift. You know, we're having to look at these hybrids. We're looking at all electrics. And that you know the status quo of how uh, aircraft design has been done uh, is no longer going to be the way forward. These systems are real; uh, they're real. They're going to be coming online. Uh, you know the the uh, subject matter experts are truly advancing these technologies to where they are starting to become flight weight ready and and have the performance that we need. These are no longer items that are way off in the horizon there I believe, truly believe that they are near more more near term than than previously believed absolutely and we're trying to what we've been trying to do over the past year or so is identify those nearer term stepping stones toward that you know toward some of those future visions um, I, I also wanted to add the point earlier Billy you asked about the um, what are some of the things we're working on currently so beyond what you know, beyond sort of the uh, system level, the concepts that Jason described, we also have um, we have our agreements on the component technology development that we're working. Um, we also have um, boundary layer ingestion research going on, which can benefit these um, concepts. And we also have uh, core engine development activities that can benefit these concepts. So it's really um, the development of technologies across the broad range and then integrating them that it's going to bear the fruit. So just wanted to hit that point home, too, that, that uh, there's no one magic bullet. It's going to, one silver bullet is going to require uh, multiple technology advances in the integration. Mm -hmm.